I actually find, I mean, I don't think this will surprise you, but, you know, as a performer myself, the performative part of my job comes very naturally to me. Um, and I think that's true for most bartenders. Not across the board, certainly, but many, many bartenders are performers. And... And even the ones that are not, like, maybe that's just how they get that out. You know, I think being behind the bar, you are kind of center stage. And like, particularly like at Freeman's, you know, we do that sort of like cocktail style of bartending where like, you know, I'm lining up like four tins, you know, making a round of drinks. I usually work at the front bar, which is right inside the door. So I'm one of the first things people see. And so like when I'm making like, you know, six, seven drinks at a time, it is something to see. And and I absolutely understand that and uh, feel very comfortable with it. And there's like, you know, you're shaking tins and making noise and like, it's it's just, and people are applauding and like, you know, like, you know, you're flaming a twist and people are like, woo! Um, and, it's, and it's fun, you know, like it, it warms my heart. I love it. I think I started working when I was like 14 or 15 at McDonald's. And then, you know, obviously like I had a couple of odd jobs. And then as an adult, my first real adult job, I was a makeup artist for um, a makeup company. And I did that for a long time. Uh, that's what I moved to New York doing. But eventually I just got burned out on it. I didn't really, I loved the like, interaction like the human interaction part of it but i didn't really like the business or the industry the beauty industry just was toxic and weird and and just required an amount of ambition that doesn't come naturally to me and so around 2010 is when i started working in restaurants and i've been at the restaurant uh that i'm at presently since that time I've been there, uh, it'll be 12 years this August, uh, which is a long time to work at one place. But I've had several different jobs there. Uh, I started in the office. I was a host for a while. I was a maitre d', and then I started behind the bar as a bar back in 2012. Um, and it was just, it was the aspect of working in a restaurant that I found the most interesting. And so I just, asked my general manager if I could, if I could make that transition. And she said she thought it was a great idea that I would be a great bartender. And I'm certainly a much better bartender than I was a bar back. A big part of sort of going back to that, like human interaction part, that's like the key thing to me. Um, and you don't really get that as a bar back. So that's what I enjoyed about being a maitre d' as well. Like, you know, like the interaction part of it was, uh, really important to me and it still is as a barback at the restaurant that i work at you not only do stock and fill juices and syrups and you know move things around as they need to be moved around to support your bartenders uh, but you also are responsible for making the majority of the drinks for the floor um, so that the bartenders can focus just on selling to their customers you know, I had to learn how to how to jigger things, how to pour things. The thing that most people 
assume is the most challenging part of it is remembering all of the recipes. But, but in fact, once you start doing it and learning it, you begin to understand that all of these recipes are riffing off of, you know, six or seven classic formulas. Most things are like a, a riff on a gimlet or a riff on a margarita or, you know, something based out of a Manhattan or a martini. So once you begin to recognize those patterns, uh, that part, for me at least, fell in place pretty easily. I mean, making drinks, you know, specifically like coming up with recipes, creating drinks uh, from the bottom up is one of the most exciting parts of the job. And one of the most satisfying parts about working where I work. I don't know how common it is that like all the bartenders on staff get together and, you know, create the menus as a, as a collaboration. You know, we present stuff to each other and, you know, sort of challenge each other and, and, and support each other. And like, you know, that part of it is, is really, really satisfying. You know, I've always been a creative person. I was a visual artist when I was a kid. I've, you know, been doing music for, you know, more as an adult. And of course I was, I worked in makeup for all those years. And so like the way things uh, can be layered and uh, blended and, and finessed in tandem with one another is, uh, I think it's all kind of of a piece. Uh, so I, I really took to that the creative part of bartending kind of like a fish to water i'm still really proud of like the first drinks that i had on the menu um i still think they're really strong ideas i think that approach or just realizing that it was a piece with all the with the creativity that i've been utilizing uh, throughout my life uh, made it perhaps a little easier for me so currently i'm working at two places i'm working at my longtime restaurant job, uh, Freeman's, uh, which is on the Lower East Side here in New York City. And it was kind of one of maybe the first, like, quote-unquote, trendy restaurants in on the Lower East Side. Uh, it opened in 2004, uh, when that neighborhood was quite different from what it is now. Casual fancy is how I would describe it. It's a lot of, you know, like, hearty meat dishes with seasonal vegetables, We've always had a well-respected cocktail program. A lot of name bartenders, like here in New York City, and people who are sort of well-respected in that industry have come through those doors uh, as employees. Yeah, so that's, the, that's my main job, uh, is the restaurant. My other job is at a dive bar in Bushwick, here in Brooklyn. It definitely does feel like bartending in a place like New York, perhaps in San Francisco, LA, um, you know, a handful of other places maybe, does feel like a career. I think when people are younger and maybe working in cities where that doesn't feel as real an option career-wise, or like where, you know, like a situation where you're in college and you're just you know, working at a restaurant, you just work at a restaurant. 
But I think, you know, certainly what's different for me is like, you know, yes, I do work in a restaurant, but I also think of myself as a service industry, hospitality professional. So it definitely does feel like a career. And, you know, you can sort of like, going back to the idea of like name bartenders, like there are, you know, ways to materially succeed within this industry. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people, I guess, casual restaurant goers perhaps assume that this stuff just happens. And I think uh, in the cities that I just mentioned, you know, there's maybe a little more respect that comes with it. But that respect is granular. It can slip between your fingers. You know, it's like, it's it's kind of equal parts, both things. You're kind of a hero, kind of a zero, like just kind of depending on who you're interacting with. Um, some people are really reverential and like really appreciative. And other people are really dismissive and, and you know, can be kind of shitty, but the truth is somewhere in the middle and and it really leans to the positive end of that spectrum in a big way. We work within a tip system and so like tips is kind of maybe how you might measure the success of a given interaction with a guest, but I don't I don't really freak out if the tip part of it doesn't go my way because somebody's going to make up the difference somewhere down the road. The tipping system is kind of a hot topic right now. And in the last like several years in New York, there have been a couple of restaurant groups who have moved away from it. And I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of exactly how they pay their uh, employees, but I believe that they just make you know a standard hourly hourly wage, which you know kind of doesn't work for me in my mind uh, because part of the tip system is that you earn your shifts. You know, you start working lunches and then you work brunches and then. You eventually are put onto dinners, and the longer you're at it, the better you get at it. The more successful you are, the better your shifts get. And I and I have no issue with that. You know, like I, and as a customer, I want to go to a restaurant on a Saturday night and know that the strongest people are working, and because it's better for everybody. And so, the the like tip part of it. I, I've never had an issue with, uh, you know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of other aspects of the restaurant industry that I would like to see addressed ahead of that. You know, sexual harassment is rampant in the service industry. Uh, lack of opportunity for front of house people of color uh, is something that could be better addressed in a lot of places. And I think most people who work in in this tipping system support it. Part of it's part of what drives the quality of service that we receive when we go out in in America. People often, you know, make jokes about the service in Europe because it's terrible. 
because there's no incentive to give good service. So they don't. Why would you? So I don't know. I mean, at least that's my perspective on it. I, you know, I'm sure somebody could make a really great intellectual argument. I find this often with intellectual arguments. Uh, they're often made by people who don't really have like true insight into uh, subjects they might be talking about. Uh, and this is definitely one where I've mostly been confronted by arguments made by people who never, you know, slung a drink in their life. I think that that stereotype of the bartender as therapist is almost key to the job. Like it's almost, it's like, it's, it is actually a big part of it. And not every bartender loves to engage with that part of the job, but I don't think anyone can deny that you should probably be prepared to at some point. Customers uh, have definitely, guests have definitely shared things with me that I would not have expected, but I've, but I've never been uncomfortable with that part of the job. But it is, it, it, it that stereotype definitely does apply. And I, and I actually think it's, it's very, it's very sweet and flattering. And, you know, people are just, you know, vulnerable and like, and feeling, you know, comforted and at home uh, in a bar stool. And I think that's great. Um, you know, we need that as, as people, um, as a society, I think. It happens uh, particularly successfully in an environment like the restaurant because people are often eating, which, uh, you know, people don't come to the restaurant that I work at to get wasted. Typically, that's just not what they're there for. I don't think anybody is, most people are not trying to get wasted on $16 cocktails, you know, $18 glasses of wine and things like that. Um, and there's usually food involved. So, so my most successful and satisfying interactions as a bartender slash therapist have been in that environment because I think it's it's less satisfying, perhaps more annoying in a dive bar setting because people are often there to get wasted. And that is just, you know, it's, it's not fun being sober, talking to anybody who's too far gone, which is not to imply that all bartenders are sober <laughs> behind the bar um, or that I am all the time. I've always been, not always, but I've been a fairly heavy drinker for, you know, most of my adult life. I think, if anything, the bartending, and be, well, for that reason, I don't think bartending really has affected my relationship to, to alcohol, perhaps, but like to alcoholism, not really. I... I'm just the sort of person who drinks most days. And and that was the case before I started bartending. So if anything, honestly, it's just exposed me to different kinds of alcohol and, you know, more exciting combinations than I was used to. I mean, I didn't really, like, I think I had had, like, you know, some, like, 
shitty, like, sour apple, like, watermelon martinis, like, when I was, like, in my early, early 20s. But I had never had, like, a real cocktail until I sat down at the bar at Freeman's. And so it sort of expanded my idea of what alcohol could be and do uh, in that way. I mean, I definitely, there was definitely that moment when I started barbacking. And so I was, you know, maybe rolling heavier with a crew of bartenders. There was definitely a period of time where we, we did this like circuit. There were these like, these like three or four bars that were all kind of in a row in North Brooklyn. And we would, we would hit them each up. And those were certainly like some of the most like debauched, crazy, but also like wonderful times that I've ever spent in bars. And, you know, you just, you, the bartending community is, is pretty tight knit. And like, there's a lot of like affection within that community. You know, we take care of each other and we try to be good to each other. I'm not really engaged with nightlife so much anymore. Um, I mean, I still like to go out, but like, whereas when I was younger, I wanted to like go out and like maybe go dancing or like find someone to make out with or like engage in you know, something a little more exciting perhaps than like what I would do now. Like I'm not, at this stage in the game, I just want to like really like, and what I really miss about pre COVID times is like, I want to sit at a bar and talk to my bartender friend. So I'm not really sure how nightlife has changed. Honestly, I just know that I've changed. I've gotten older. I'm 41. I was 25 when I moved here. So um, I think probably nightlife is the same. I'll get into conversations with people from time to time who are like, oh, like, nightlife has changed or like something like that. And it's like, I mean, it was always changing. You know, I was never going to be this age engaging with it in the same way. Oh, Tracy Ullman in an interview once said something like, you know, once upon a time we all thought we were going to be 27 forever. And it just doesn't work out that way. There's a big contrast between the two places that I work. You know, at Freeman's, because it's a big restaurant, there's a lot of support. Um, you know, in pre-COVID times, we had, like, a security guard on the weekends. Uh, you know, managers and, you know, lots of floor staff. And so uh, that place is never really that, like, the fear of like an incident. And like I said, like people don't go there to get wasted. So the fear of like an incident doesn't truly exist there the same way that it does when I'm by myself at the dive bar. And you know, like I'm, I'm not fragile, you know, I'm, I'm a man and I'm, I'm tall and I'm, you know, whatever I am. I don't, I wouldn't call myself intimidating, but, but you know, I also just don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I, I, and it's never, it's never come to that, but there is certainly some level of, has been some level of fear that it, it might, you know, when like a group of, when a big group of dudes walks into the bar and they've clearly had a couple, I, I stand up a little straighter. 
so that's really the, like the stress is like just is having to police other people's behavior and that has been a big big deal in this like covid reality the emotional labor of having to police the behavior of grown adult people has been so much i remember the last brunch shift that i worked before the second shutdown here in new york was easily the most stressful shift i worked in covid times because it felt like it felt like people were on their worst behavior and and i just and i was already i was so heartbroken that we were having to shut down and 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 i think just like a little bitter and angry about it as well and and so i i had zero patience for anybody that day i let people have it casual restaurant goers casual uh bar flies like i said they kind of assume that this work just happens and it just isn't that way you know this industry may seem simple from the outside and there is some really beautiful simplicity to it in terms of like the way it can be enjoyed but that's the only simple part the other stuff you know there's moving parts particularly in a restaurant setting you know there's lots of moving parts and lots of people trying to work together to create this fantasy you know at bars maybe it's a little more simple you know like the dive bar when i'm just pouring beers and shots uh yeah okay there's genuine simplicity to most of how that happens <laughs> I think uh, there is this pressure. Uh, there is this pressure to be ambitious and to succeed in ways that other people find real, and a lot of that is attached to college and uh, you know getting a degree and uh, you know the the way that it's sort of what success has looked like. Uh, and how that path is, what that path is supposed to look like um, for certainly our generation. I think it was a little different for our parents and certainly for their parents, you know, you could work at a trade and there was, you know, no disrespect uh, to working people in that way, which isn't to say that I feel disrespected, but the pressure I think is different for our generation and maybe the, you know, I'm like right there at the tail end of Gen X, and I think that's kind of where the pressure started to change in a more intense way. But because I never went to college, I never really felt that pressure. I I felt freer to, or well, <laughs> I certainly took my time trying to find things that gave my working life meaning and you know I, I think that's what bartending is for me like you know this I, I genuinely enjoy this job and you know I, I would definitely 
I'm definitely curious to see how my how I can succeed within bartending, and I would like to see my role in the community like evolve and change. You know, I'd love to run a bar program someday, and I think I'm well equipped to do so. And uh, it does offer the kind of flexibility. You know, if I wanted to, if I decided I wanted to do music in a more sort of like ambitious way, I could do that. You know, if I wanted to take three weeks off to go on tour with my band or whatever future projects might be down the road, I could do that. I'm not saying I'm going to, because I hate being on the road. Um, but <laughs> but I could. Uh, so I don't know how you would define meaning. But I, I, I derive a lot of meaning from 